Welcome to the Hashtag Spill the Tea podcast, where we dig deep into real conversations. Whether it's just us or dropping the mic with some top influencers and entrepreneurs on the rise, we are here to discuss it all. Here are your hosts, R and D. Hey guys, welcome to Hashtag Spill the Tea podcast. And today, Rifki. I am here with my kosher co-host. <laughs> kosher co-host. Yes, today we talk about the one and only... Should we introduce the guest first or the topic? Because I think he obviously they go a lot ba- of both like in hand in hand. That yeah. respect. So like we're, I guess we could like say who we're having first. Um, we're going to, we're spilling the tea with Mr. Menachem Lubinsky. Founder of Kosher Founder of Kosher Fest, CEO of Lubicon Marketing, huge veteran in the marketing and business yes. world. And he's done a lot. <laughs> yeah. My boss. He's it's crazy. He's Dafka, a mentor and someone I respect. We both respect very much and we're very excited to have him on. So before we bring him on, we will, I guess, discuss just our favorite memories of Kosher Fest and all that. It is happening this year. I love how you say like favorite memories. Like how many Kosher Fests have you been to in your day? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> but I'm saying like our favorite memories, the moments you've had there that you're like, oh, I'm going to remember well, this. Well, I like, would say Fest, or... my favorite memory is the derivative of Kosher Fest, which was Melinda Strauss's um, Jewish Food Media Expo. It's the same week. And where like... I actually <laughs> met Deborah. <laughs> That's where we met. I remember that moment so much. I like walk in and then you're just like there. And I was just... wearing a headset there too. <laughs> It's just like, we just hit it off right away, you know? Right away, guys. Yeah. But I meant of Kosher Fest. Like, the Linda Strauss, like, um, not program, event is really, that was fun. And now I think, you know, you meet a lot of people there. But Kosher Fest is a completely different vibe. Right. Again, you meet a lot of people, but it's more focused on, like, the products and, you know, what's new on the market and stuff like that. Um, So what would be, like, a favorite moment from it or, like, you know what I mean? So for me, it's really like the whole experience is very chock full, like mm-hmm. besides for like the food and like the, you know, people like shipping stuff, like being like, here, take a whole sleeve of yogurt. People like leave they, with like bags. Literally, and, but yeah. honestly, like literally it's meeting the people, like the faces behind the brands, the pe- seeing how open they are to like suggestions. Not that like, I mean, you know, <laughs> not that I go around and tell them what flavors they should make. Like, can you bring this to but, the market? Yeah. Like when you talk to, let's say a brand like Norman's and you say like, nobody makes, you know, a certain flavor yogurt, yogurt like you, like, like they appreciate yeah. hearing that. And like that give and take, like, I agree. It's fun to see the face behind the yeah. name and like seeing how normal they are. Also, like these people have like like meeting you know Geffen and Herzog and all those people. Like these yeah. these people are pivotal in the Jewish food world. It's definitely a big event and like you need to yeah. go there with lots of energy. It's oh my gosh, <laughs> energy is not even the word. You like leave and you're just like I'm beat, you know, for the day. It's, Literally, it's a two day thing and then yeah, it's just it definitely is well made and all that and I think of like I don't know. I remember going there as working there. We were always. And like it's different going there, obviously, and also working there. Right. But um, it's cool because I, I've worked there with Jamie Geller, and to see like a brand like her, like she's done so much, and to see her. I remember that year I went, I worked for her, and she just it was like a whole thing of her. She did like a cooking show, she did like a oh, chopped wow. competition. Do you remember that? Um, it was like a whole thing just to see it was really cool to see it up close and all. I don't that think stuff. I was there that year, but that's really cool. I don't know what year it was. I, I, I was forgot. only there the last two years, not including last year because it was COVID. 
Well, um, right, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't do it. But I think it was the year that she switched over from Joy of Kosher to Jamie Geller. So, so maybe it was, it was three like years a big, ago. Yeah, it was like a big step for her. So wow. t- that was cool to see. Um, I don't know. I think overall... Working with the big leagues, guys. <laughs> but I'm saying overall, I think it's a cool thing to go to. I, I think, think... I think it's fun. Like, not even like because I'm so excited that, you know, Menachem founded it and like it's yeah. like so cool, but we needed it like it shaped the kosher food industry yeah i'm just curious to hear his perspective and like i'm so why he even brought it you know why did he create it um and all that stuff so i'm excited to spill the tea with my boss (laughs) (laughs) um so i guess we'll we'll bring him on and yeah so guys stay tuned for that okay stay hungry Hey guys, welcome back to Hashtag Spill the Tea Podcast. We're here with Mr. Lubinsky, founder of Kosher Fast, and we're so excited to CEO speak with him. of Lubicon Marketing, Business Consulting, and just general marketing. Yeah, we're going to mention what he does and just his background a little bit and then get right into the interview. Since its inauguration in 1989, 32nd year, Kosher Fest has shaped not just the kosher food marketing scene, but the food scene as a whole. And from a business from business perspective, brands realize that the buying power and safety that a kosher certification status represents. This is all spearheaded by the founder, Mr. Menachem Lubinsky, who we are fortunate to join with tonight. Like I said, Mr. Menachem. Welcome, Mr. Lubinsky. We're so excited to have you tonight. Veteran Thank you very in the much. I'm excited to be on with you. Thank, Thank you. you. So we have a few questions we want to get to, but I think the first one we want to start with is what made you get into marketing in the first place? We'll talk about kosher fast soon, but just the marketing aspect. I always had a knack for um, for writing and for creative. Mm. Oh, I, I love, love that. that. Yeah, <laughs> relatable, yeah. And, and when writing and creative go together, it almost always ends adds up to marketing. Yes, wow. So originally, uh, I had decided that my career was going to be in advertising. Mm-hmm. But uh, the advertising world, when I started, was uh, really not a, a place for a Jewish boy to be in. Right. There were very few Jewish publications, and uh, the market certainly had not developed to the extent that it has developed today, where you have, uh, you know, an Orthodox Jewish commerce, mm-hmm. uh, not only in, in the area of food, but in almost every area. So it evolved into more or less, in, uh, as, as the years progressed, that it wasn't just the creative that I was uh, good in but also the, the strategic aspect of it, which is oh, wow. sort of the most important. Right. Um, uh, I got my training, uh, not only, I, I, I graduated both my bachelor's and master's from Baruch College. Nice. Mm-hmm. In creative advertising and in marketing management. Uh, but I worked 13 years. I worked as, um, as the right-hand man of, of the legend, Rabbi Moshe Shera, who was the head of Agudas Israel. Oh, wow. And uh, he taught me a lot of uh, a lot of what I did not learn in college. Mm-hmm. Right. Everything from how to write a press release to uh, stressing what's important and understanding media um, and, and, and very much how to be strategic in everything that I do. So uh, bottom line is after my 13 year stint with Aguda, uh, I decided that I was going to go out on my own. Mm-hmm. And I was going to go into advertising or slash marketing. And as they say, the rest is history. Right. Super <laughs> history. Um, now I'm asking just general your opinion. 
So I see, obviously, you value education. Do you feel like it was chicken or the egg? Like, did you need that vocational training to go in this direction or both coupled with each other just, you know, helped go in that direction? Well, I felt that the, the training was extremely important because, uh, you know, you, you always right. want to know what the textbook aspect of something is. Uh, so learning on the fly is nice for some people, but learning yeah. it from the professionals. You know, uh, many of my professors were, were top, uh, top leaders in the advertising industry. Uh, they brought a great deal to the table. I learned a tremendous amount from them. But um, I definitely feel that the education was important right. because at that point I didn't, I didn't yet know whether I was going to just simply be a Jewish boy in the general advertising world mm. or I was somehow going to carve out this new niche which was growing uh, exponentially, which was the Orthodox um, and the Haredi mm -hmm. elements of, of commerce. So you always felt like you yeah. wanted to do something in the, you know, in like the from yeah. world. Yeah, and, and while working at Aguda, I was responsible for PR. I was responsible oh, wow. for government affairs. Wow. So, uh, you know, I, I really had my on-job training while working, learning a lot of the, uh, a lot of what I needed to later on in life to deal with clients. I learned I learned while working at Aguda. So. And I do believe that that one of the most important things for people uh, to appreciate is to have a mentor. While, yes, uh, because true. having a having a mentor means that you're uh, you're driving with your mm -hmm. headlights on instead of driving in the dark. Right. The, That's a good quote. The, the mentor the mentor tells you to avoid potholes, yeah. not to get into <laughs> them, not to get out of them. You you missed my intro before, but I easily in a second would say you're my greatest mentor, Mr. Lubinsky. Thank you very much. That's very nice. I, 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 hope I'll, I hope I'll live up to it. <laughs> no, no, you, you do. <laughs> okay. Um, we wanted to talk about Kosher Fest then. Like, how did that lead into Kosher Fest and starting that? Okay, so I'm actually wearing a hat that somebody gave me uh, for Kosher Fest, the cap. Um, very nice. But uh, while I was developing the advertising agency, and it was doing quite nicely, the advertising mm -hmm. agency, it was, uh, remember, it was a, t a time when there weren't too many competitors out there. Right. Uh, so um, I remember at one point we were billing over $5 million. Wow. Uh, and developing very nicely. And then someone came to me and told me that uh, a, a conservative Jew who um, was actually arrested in Russia, he was very interested in Russian Jewry. Mm -hmm. And he was he, an, an elderly man. And he said to me that he wants to do a show. Right. And um, he had gone to the OU, he had gone to others. P.S., he, en he ended up using me as the marketing agency to market that show. Hmm. And um, the, the first show was actually a combined public trade show. And mm -hmm. on the first night of that first show, which was back in 1987, wow. on Matsoy Shabbos, I davened with the very first minion. Wow. And I got to the Jacob K. Javits Center, and I saw lines around the block. Oh, my gosh. And I didn't yet see a Frum Jew. These were all mm. secular Jews that had come to this very first event yeah. of, of kosher food and Jew. It was called the Kosher Food and Jewish Life Expo. Actually, 50,000 people came that day. It was in every major medium, wow. New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the... Wow. Medium. Uh, Good word, Menachem. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> that was a joke. Right, in every major medium. And um, 
it was it was incredible. The fire department shut us down after a while Whoa. because there were just too many people in the hall. No, really? So, wow. <laughs> so I eventually that show traveled to um Chicago and to Los Angeles and to Miami, mm -hmm. um, back to New York twice. But I began to realize that the um, the this kind of model of being all things to all people it never works in marketing. Right. Was it for the consumer? Yes. Was it for mm -hmm. the trade? Yes. Uh, we had different hours. Uh, the sampling was, was kind of like mixed up. Who are the samples for? Were they for consumers? Right. I then realized that this show has to be turned into a legitimate trade show. Wow. And uh, so Mr. Silverman, who was the orig original initi initiator of the show, uh, was legally blind and uh, he was aging and he asked me if I wanted to buy the show. And I was so excited by the idea that I bought it. Um, but I know that you're going to ask me one of the questions. What was one of my biggest mistakes? <laughs> That well, comes later. Mistakes, Hindsight. Well, okay, no problem. But one of my biggest mistakes was taking from Peter to pay for for Paul, because uh, uh, what happened was that I took from the ad successful advertising agency and paid uh, paid the expenses of of the show, which was at that time not doing uh. so well. So anyway, it came right. around. I changed the name to Kosher Fest. Oh, wow. um, uh, started it up as a legitimate trade show. It was the first time that there was such a thing as a kosher food trade show. Mm -hmm. uh, we we started out in, in Giant Stadium, oh. uh, which no longer exists because today it's uh, uh, you know uh, uh, it's, it's a different stadium. But right. in any case, MetLife Stadium. But in any case, oh, wow. that's how we got <laughs> cue the ooh. I know <laughs> that's that's really that's, big. How we, that's how we got started. It's a big upper, like logistically. I mean. Did you, was Luvacom in charge of operations as well then, or it was handled by well, someone else? Well, what, what happened was that Luvacom at, at that time had 25 people working just in the advertising agency. Wow. wow. And uh, we went ahead and we hired a few people to manage um, the, the, the show. Uh, eventually, we started hiring people just for the shows. And we had one person in the office or two people in the office who are managing the show. Mm -hmm. But um, as we downsized, we, we started to make sense of what we really needed and what we didn't need and what was important and what wasn't important right. and what was profitable and what wasn't profitable, which every business should do is to figure out what's a profit center and what's not a profit center. Not, you know, business means making money. If you're right. in business for any other reason, <laughs> uh, such as to build up your ego, yeah. You're, you're definitely doing it the wrong way. You're going up a one-way street, and you're going to end up on a dead end. No, that's what I love 100%. about 100%. <laughs> like it's just like such talkless. Like at the end of the day, the bottom line. Right. But business, right, is to make money. So let's talk about COVID and Kosher Fest, because what is the plan for Kosher Fest this year since COVID hit and all that stuff? Like what does it look okay, like so, this year? So obviously this was a raging debate mm -hmm. amongst um, you know, I had actually sold the show back in 2003 to a major uh, show producing company called Diversified Business Communications out of Portland, Maine. And oh, wow. they they own something in the order of 60 or 65 shows. Oh, wow. uh, they're a professional show management organization because mm -hmm. I realized that for me to manage those shows took a lot out of me. And also, 
you know, when 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 you when you're dealing with people that are your friends, your relatives, yeah. give me yeah. a break or put me here, put me there, it was difficult for yeah. me to, to kind of like negotiate that. Right. They are a professional agency. They mm-hmm. built the show slowly. Um, I only I, I had anticipated staying with them one year, and I'm and I'm there twenty years almost. Wow, time uh, flies. <laughs> oh, no, but but look, I, be, I became the face of the show. I was just gonna say, yeah, you face. are exactly. It wouldn't be kosher fest if you weren't there. Well, yeah, yeah. I re- I realized pretty quickly that the only way to build a show was to build an industry. Right. And uh, so I did both simultaneously. I started to gather all kinds of statistics on what the industry was about. Right. I had to coalesce. Um, you know, the big boys and the little boys, because what do you, Coca-Cola is kosher and the mom pops are kosher. How do you bring them all under one roof? Mm-hmm. Right. So this was a challenge that eventually sorted itself out. But uh, the, the, the biggest development was the extraordinary growth of the kosher community. Yeah. And I could not have anticipated back 32 years ago that it would, it would go that way. Just to give you a small example, um, Back in, in 1987, I believe, when we first started the first uh, combined kosher food and Jewish life show, mm-hmm. there were approximately between nine and 11 kosher cookbooks on the, on the, in the market. Fun fact, Devorah came out with a cookbook. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's for another time. Right. We're in good company. <laughs> Today, by, by last account, I asked, I asked one of the Judaica stores, mm-hmm. and he counted on his computer about 133 different cookbooks yeah there's a lot so Currently. So, so so i started to wonder a, a question that always bothered me mm-hmm. uh, people are cooking more but they're also going out more so yeah what, what is it so you know thankfully there are five uh, six days in the week <laughs> and they're able to do both that is true uh, i think walk, you walk know a lot of homes thursday night is pizza night you know? i was gonna say everyone has their place to go thursday yeah, night and stuff exactly yeah but, but that but the, 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 the biggest factor in the growth of Kosher Fest and the biggest gro- uh, factor in the growth of Kosher altogether mm-hmm. was the growth of the Orthodox Jewish community and the Kosher community. Right. And, right. It, became, and, the, and it became sort of, um, not only did it become a, a, something that it relig- was religiously oriented, but it became even a style, I would say. People, yeah. Kosher became, became its own... Um, it was a to be there event. It then. became a brand... Yeah. Yeah. Not only not only to Jews, but or, or every every food buyer, whether it's Walmart or Costco, wow. knows what kosher is. They may not they may not know what the gluten is, but they know what kosher is. <laughs> but that's the cool part of Kosher Fest. Like it's so diverse that you know anybody can find something. You can always find something there for everybody. You know, it's, exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's very That's cool. the bottom line with Kosher Fest with like all the food buyers. But mm-hmm. I'm looking around um, and in your office, there's like pictures with you and very cool yeah, people. I was going to say. Has anyone like really, quote unquote, well, cool? Well, those pictures come from the time when I was working at Aguda and I was also wow. responsible for government affairs. Oh, wow. So I, in effect, was in charge of Washington. I traveled to Washington sometimes twice a week on, oh, the, on wow. the shuttle. And um, <clears throat> I met seven presidents. Um, I met I met Ronald Reagan seven times. I'm looking, I see. <laughs> no biggie. You no. Know? <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like, has anyone like quote unquote very cool ever come to Kosher Fest? Like Ronald Reagan just like came to Kosher Fest, <laughs> like pop like, by. Like, 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 did anyone ever come to Kosher Fest? That's a celebrity. Yes, uh, we had uh, an Israeli Prime Minister, Ehud Olmert, came wow. to Kosher Fest. Uh, we had the mayor of the city of New York, who at that time was Ed Koch, wow. came to Kosher Fest. Very cool. Um, yeah, we've had trade commissioners. Um, Listen, the, we we had I think back in two thousand and nineteen, 
Mm-hmm. We had a, there was an incredible story there. There was a story of how the Abraham Accords came about. Because uh, yeah. there, there, there Spilling is a, the tea, guys. <laughs> there is a from lady uh, in in uh, in Dubai mm-hmm. who provides kosher food to hotels, and if you want kosher food, oh, very cool. Wherever you are, <clears throat> she actually took out a booth at Kosher mm-hmm. Fest and sold some of her recipes. I'm not sold, but displayed some yeah. of her recipes at Kosher Fest. It's the first time that we've ever had a oh, wow. country exhibit at Kosher Fest. She invited the uh, Consul General of New York from the United Arab Emirates Whoa. to visit the show. Wow. He visited the show and and wrote a sent a text to the ambassador in Washington. He said, "Guess what? We have kosher. I am here at Kosher <laughs> Fest and, and we are represented." Whoa. And um, the uh, the ambassador sent that that text forwarded it to Bibi Netanyahu, who was prime minister, wow. oh my and said, we're almost there. Let's, let's, let's become <laughs> friends. And they, and, they, uh, and they established diplomatic relations. And oh today, Dubai has become a, a kosher destination for many people. That's amazing. Yeah. I feel like so, people don't really know people this People need to know this story. story. I well, feel there like... Were there were 150 families there for sukkahs. Oh, my gosh. Thousands of, uh, thousands of kosher travelers have come, come through the, Dubai. And the other uh, Bahrain and all the Arab countries That's that have made these releases. Guys, amazing. When, when people say statistics and they throw out numbers, like my boss actually creates the numbers. No, like, was, he doesn't just. Yeah, I was going to say, like, food is so universal. Like, you know, everyone could just connect over it. And that's, like, the main, that's, wow. like, a main proof of that, you know? That's cool. Like, Dubai. That's, like, we have yeah. a good kosher. We have diplomacy <laughs> with Dubai because of Kosher Fest. That's huge. Well, you know, at the, back when I started, we had an exhibitor at Kosher Fest who was a bagel manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, people don't realize that it's the only food in the world that was created by Jews in Eastern Europe and oh, to wow. this day maintained its name in every single country around the world called bagel. Because the word That's very bagel cool. I don't know. How do you know this? <laughs> the, the, the word bagel is technically means round in Yiddish. Uh, like now, why was the bagel created? Mm-hmm. Because in some parts of Romania, they did not have enough dough to go around to make rolls. Uh, so they carved out the hole in the middle so they didn't so have cool. to use that much dough. And that's how the bagel started. Actually, you asked me how I know it. There was, <laughs> was a fine gentleman who was a very close friend of mine. He, he was the only one that wrote a cookbook and won the James Beard Award. Wow. His name was, his name was Gil Marks. Unfortunately, he died a few years ago. Um, but he, he published the book which is called the Encyclopedia of Jewish Foods. Oh, in I've that heard encyclopedia, of it. he has the story of almost every Jewish food that you want to know. I mean, it's a very, Whoa. very thick volume. I, I shouldn't uh, ask ever how you know something. I was joking. <laughs> it, it, I should get incredible. that book. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We need to get that book now. You know? Fine. So let's say, so moving in the, more in the business direction, mm-hmm. um, let's say... Um, both like let's say would you have like a lesson you learned along the way in all your experience in marketing marketing kosher and then at the same time like projections for kosher like the industry where you see things are heading well there, there are a couple of things is one thing is uh, not to count your chickens before they hatch mm-hmm. I, I i see a lot of people in my consulting business yeah who come here and have a vision of what they're going to do and it's not scientific. It's just something they thought about uh, during davening that they're going to make a lot of money, <laughs> and they actually count, uh, you know, 
It's like I once had a guy at a tr at a show that that uh, was collecting money for some cause. Right. And he said, "Well, how many people are you going to have here?" I said, seven thousand. He says, "Look, if everybody gives me a dollar, I'll have seven thousand dollars." He's hustling. I mean, those are very nice calculations, but you know, they, they they have to be based on something. So that so right. that's one thing. Not to, not to count the other. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that uh, to I get somewhere in life, there is a certain element of risk. Right. There, there is no, no gain without pain. Yeah. That's the way the word calls it. So uh, should people be afraid to take risks? No. But if the, if that risk is, is well thought out and, uh, you know, for example, you're not inventing something that is being sold on every street corner. Right. Uh, th then I would then I think it's something that you should pursue. Um, mm -hmm. It's important to pursue the dreams and to go as far as you could go, um, you know, you only have one life yeah. and one chance to make it really big. Wow. Would you say, you know, it's like the people who are risk averse, it's easier to do things as, quote unquote, either a single or a millennial versus like in, in a family situation? Like, are you what's your opinion on well, that? I, I, I don't think it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes family can be a hindrance. And I'll right. tell you why. Yeah. Because people have some great ideas. What's their scientific uh, evidence? I asked my wife. I asked my <laughs> mother. I asked my father. And that's far from being scientific and can lead somebody down, down, down the wrong path. It's true. They're like the uh, board sure. of directors. Like, oh, like I asked my kids or yeah. like the, kid, wife. the kids approved. So no, 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 <laughs> my no, husband, it's, it's, sometimes it's important to go to someone who is uh, removed from, from you. Yeah. Uh, like somebody, a business consultant. Right. No, somebody, you're right. A business consultant who right. can be objective, who can say, you know, right. you don't sound like you're the type of person to stand out on the street and sell Apple computers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, but but uh, but uh, the wife might say you'd be perfect for sell Apple computers. That's, that's a very you good know. point. Like you need Look, support, yeah, but yeah, not you need yeah. the hype up. Otherwise, oh, and, and she would say, after all, you sold me. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, you need that support, but also you need it like to be realistic. That's very true. Right. The right. balance. Yeah, the balance. Yeah. That's a good point. Anything in kosher that you think we're going to see this year or that you like project to see mm -hmm. in the food marketing? Well, look, the, the biggest change that we see now in the last couple of years is the tremendous rise of the independent kosher supermarkets. Mm, I mean, yeah. this, this, this was something that um, none of us in my generation could have even envisioned. Right. If, there, if you see kosher uh, supermarkets now, Evergreen gourmet, yeah. Well, Evergreen pomegranate, uh, gourmet lot. Yeah, uh, they're more uh, than a supermarket. Redberry, these Whatever. are. You're going to see, see in the next two, three years, you'll see 10 more. Wow. Almost in every area. So, what's going to happen is that a lot of major supermarkets that mm -hmm. invested in kosher are either going to retrench or get out of the scene altogether. Right. Uh, because, because this is the this is the new wave. And, and look for the shopper. For the shopper, it's terrific. You have one-stop kosher shopping. You get your meat, your your produce, your all your groceries. You're frozen, you're refrigerated, and even your flowers and your aluminum foil. Everything in one location. Yeah, I was gonna say nowadays they make the shopping experience so much more. It's not just we buying that's things. The key, that's, that's the key word. The key word is experience. It's yeah, not just going to the store and picking right. up a few items. It's having it's having that experience. Yeah, right. Exactly. And like there's a coffee station, you there's get your latte there's a while bakery, you... there, there's all these stations to go right, at. Right, yeah, right. that's very cool. So we were talking about like your biggest business struggles. So how would, what was a struggle that you went through that 
shaped your Muna and just, you know, going to like the spiritual side of things, like what would you tell somebody that, you know, wants to make it or just trying, trying to make it hustling? Like, where does that Amuna come all in? That, like the hindsight is 2020, yeah. at the end, someone successful. Well, the, but the, the Amuna is very simple because sometimes in business, mm-hmm. a door closes on you. Oh, yeah. And, and you're despondent. And yeah. You lost a big client. Mm-hmm. Uh, you lost an opportunity that that, that competitor got. Right. Mm-hmm. But you, but you know what? If you have the amuna, another door opens up. Yeah. And sometimes not only replaces what you lost, but more than fulfills your ambition and your dream. Yeah. So you know, look, people uh, people fall off bikes. Mm-hmm. They need to get back on on the seat and just go right back to driving the bike and not be afraid because yeah. uh, you know Kaddish Baruch is watching over you Hashem is watching over you there is a master plan over there out there and um, being the, being despondent gets you nowhere right uh, you that's know, true uh, I, I believe very much in uh, Simcha I believe Simcha yeah. is my is Menachem Lubinsky in a nutshell that's so I, important I, 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 I believe in being, <laughs> in being positive about yeah. things seeing things in a positive light Mm-hmm. And, um, and and allowing the destiny to take its course. Right. Exactly. I love that. That's such good advice for everybody. You know, we can Thank all apply you. that to our lives. We just want to end off. We always do every episode tea lights. So we want to do for this episode just your top maybe three favorite Cute. brands from Kosher Fest. And no, yeah, it's it's. Don't worry. Nobody will be insulted if you don't say like no. We just you know, know specific brand. What sticks out in your mind as any, like. This Any, is a good one. Yeah, like brands that just like showed up that you were just like, wow, well, this is going to uh, be a hit. Well, yeah. You know, there, there are many, many brands today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I obviously feel very strongly about the Kedem Geffen brand. Of course. Not, it's a not only big because one. it's a good brand, but yeah. because they, they, they really expanded the horizons of kosher. Right. They've gone into so many different products. Um, I have, uh, uh, I believe that, that even like a, a brand like Mealmart. Yeah, uh, a brand like Norman's. Mm-hmm. You know, who, who would have thought that Greek yogurt is going <laughs> to be kosher? Right. Uh, now I don't. I don't want to get into the whole controversy of whether the Impossible Pork should have should have a hexer or not. <laughs> it's a different tea. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's like the Impossible Burger and all that when stuff. I, when, yeah. When I first when I first saw no, they're coming uh, out with imitation, pork. imitation shrimp. Oh gosh! At at, at uh, kosher fest. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of turned my stomach, but a lot, <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people feel very strongly that if it can be uh, halakhically made kosher, what's the problem? Even if it has a bad name, right? Okay, if the product can be made kosher, and some people feel that no, it's a fine line that we shouldn't take something that has been totally yeah kosher for so many centuries and sort of sugarcoat it. Uh, or, or you know, somehow make it mm-hmm. uh, uh, kosher. They feel that it's not right. It's just not right. We don't want to. We don't want to give. Uh, you know, we don't want to give pork the possibility of saying yeah, that, that. that it was somehow kosher. Right. So look, it's it, it's a debate. I leave that to the rabbanim and to mm-hmm. the them to to, to 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 solve. Yeah. But at the but at the moment, I know that the OU has decided not to give it a hexer. Oh wow. Okay. I think what's so special about Kosher Fest and like what you're a partner with is the people who were discovered at Kosher Fest and they, mm-hmm. they were picked up by stores and buyers and they have like, I know Fruits by Pesha was just like locally selling and now she sells in like pomegranate. Like that's Parnassa. That's as a result yeah, of Kosher stories. Fest. I, I wanted to tell you a quick story mm-hmm. about the, Please. Uh, the, the bagel guy <laughs> who was there and I started to tell you about the bagel. 
Yeah. He, he had a buyer come over to him who was from Japan. Oh, wow. Actually, and they made a deal. He This, this Japanese guy opened three stores in Osaka, Japan, bagel oh. stores, buying the bagels from Brooklyn Bagel. No way. Are you... He... How does that even work? <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> I, well, it worked. I think he gave him the licensing. Even though every uh, there is a there is a one secret that every that every professional knows about the bagel. Mm-hmm. The reason the New York bagel is as good as it is, yeah, is because of the New York water. I was gonna say the water. I heard that. And yeah. No, ma- no matter where they try the bagel elsewhere, yeah, it never is as good as it is in New York. True. So True. if you're traveling and you're going somewhere overseas, bring a bagel. So it's not just marketing. It's really, it's true. I love that. Just bring a bagel wherever you go. I love that. You'll We're going to quote you on that. That's just a bring, quote. Yeah, that's going to be a quote. Just bring a bagel. Forget everything else, you know. <laughs> Life's a bagel. We love that. Wow. If you, a, if you put a few dollars in the hole, they'll appreciate it too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh we love that we love everything you said tonight i think it was really interesting to learn just about culture fuss and how well, it all you. started thank you thank you thank you for being on uh, Menachem. have a good night have thank a you good too. night thank you Bye-bye. thank you Bye. wow okay so that was so that was fun. nice is that the word fun just, i don't know that was I, nice i was starstruck because mr lubinsky is someone that's you know he's, he knows a lot he's been around for a long time and he's just you see like he, he just knows everything about every like you can ask him anything and also yeah. it's literally like one of those like you know like um it's this is corny but mm. you know, like a tzaddik is someone who's a tzaddik first in his home and then yeah. you know in his kahila like yeah. that's mr lubinsky like i see what a quality like yeah boss and person he is just seeing know? him like and you see could see his background like we mentioned before yeah. in the interview like all the pictures he has with different people and like, just, just cool beans. the connections he has and just who he is as you said as a person and it's all yeah there's a lot of yichasatma which is very cool and just good vibes we yeah. feel his good vibes through like <laughs> the screen but that was really fun i think just the kosher food world in general is it's always expanding it's always interesting and, like, i don't think always something new it never coming. gets boring i didn't know about the impossible pork thing so that's like new wow that's new that's very new yeah undisclosed like coming out soon but we'll see we'll see what happens yeah and hopefully this year kosher fest will will also be a hit i'm sure it will be yeah. um i'm sure we'll have like a covid tinge like yeah. you know maybe like vendors won't be giving out food like they usually do but of all, um, everyone's like oh man no no there, there's there's gonna be food girls you can worry. like take home stuff <laughs> <laughs> don't worry but it's definitely gonna have like uh you know but it's still gonna be good yeah so as long as it's happening the show is going on yeah the show must always it go is on. going on <laughs> but we're excited um hopefully check it out this year and guys you should check it out as well yeah. if you're into food you know come all say that, hi you know um but yeah so guys stay tuned for another episode and that's it bye guys bye guys <laughs> thanks for joining us for this episode of hashtag spill the tea Be sure to follow us on Instagram and on Anchor to stay up to date and not miss any new episode. If you have feedback on today's episode, email us at rdspillthetea at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And thanks for listening.